We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. August 17th, as we are quickly approaching the end of this Major League Baseball season, we have a full slate of games to dive into here. But first and foremost, uh, of course, I'm your host, James Seltzer, and my new co-host, I've had uh, Mr. Benny Ricciardi. Shout out. You'll be missed, Benny, but very, very excited to welcome this man in as uh, my new Tuesday, excuse me, Wednesday and Thursday co-host. Uh, we'll be chopping it up every week. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, from Rotowire, of course, and from Stats Inc. You can follow him on Twitter at Statsman22. Mr. Paul Bruno, welcome to the show, sir. James, thank you very much. I'm fired up today. Let's get let's get going. It'll be a lot of fun. Oh, I'm pumped, man. This is going to be great. <laughs> Paul and I just spent about 20 minutes talking. Uh, I made fun of him for being a Leafs fan, which is always a good thing. And, you know, uh, got a chance to hear some cool transfers. T- tell us about the Stats Inc. thing before we jump in, because this is actually really neat. Paul's been there for since 1992, but um, some really neat stuff you've done there, Paul. Well, back in 92, I was in between jobs, and I was looking for a break in the sports media. I'd done a lot of work in, in financial services, so I'm a numbers guy. 
through and through. But uh, caught a break with uh, one of the guys in PR with the Jays, and he said, call this group in Chicago. They're, they need some help in Toronto uh, coverage. And so I've been covering baseball, and I started with the first two World Series championship seasons, uh, one of which was over over your hometown yeah, team there. Thanks for the reminder <laughs> there. I still I see Joe Carter in my nightmares. <laughs> and it was the, the coolest thing was after year one, uh, we were able to go to the parade. And I actually walked through the streets in between the cars. That was uh, a memory I'll never forget. Uh, sure. Great experience there. Spending time with Dave Winfield. Great stuff. That's awesome, Paul. And, and obviously, look, uh, you picked a good time to get into it there, right? What, what, a, what a way to start it off. Bit of a drought since then, yeah, but uh, they're but looking they're, good they're, this they're year. Back on track. Yeah, I, I'm a big Mark Shapiro guy. I like the way he builds things. I was a big fan of those Indians teams that he put together. So speaking of baseball, let's, uh, let's jump in. Uh, let's run down this slate here and then we'll jump in and uh, Paul and I'll give our thoughts on this action, try and get you some good plays for today. Uh, we do have a, uh, uh, five early games on the slate, the rest of the night slate. So if you're playing that early slate, uh, a decent amount of options for you. It starts out at one Oh five in New York is we got a lefty-lefty duel, J.A. Happ and the Blue Jays in town taking on C.C. Sabathia, the big man for the Yankees. Then we move on to a 110 start in Tampa as uh, we've got another lefty for the Padres on the hill, Christian Friedrich in town taking on righty Chris Archer and those Rays. We move on to a 210 start in Houston, Carlos Martinez and the Cardinals in town taking on Doug Fister, righty-righty battle there. And then a 310 start uh, in Colorado. Uh, interesting pitching matchup, of course, in Colorado, so usually uh, limits your ability to start these guys. But Steven Strasburg and the Nationals in town taking on John Gray and the Rockies. Gray, of course, looked really good for a while and has had some rough starts of late. Uh, day slate, early slate, excuse me, rounds out at 345 in San Fran. Pittsburgh in town. Ivan Nova taking on Matt Kane, a couple of righties doing battle there. Then we move on to the main slate, 7 o'clock start in Baltimore. Dylan Bundy who's been great since coming back for the Orioles, had all those injury issues, finally maybe living up to that potential. Uh, hosting the Red Sox, David Price on the hill for the Sox. 7.05 start in Philly, my hometown. Jake Thompson back on the hill, the rookie uh, trying to do a little better than he did last time out, taking on Scott Kazmier and those Dodgers. Uh, Cleveland, 7.10 start. Chicago in town, the White Sox. Anthony Renato taking on... Carlos Carrasco and those Indians. 7-10 start in Atlanta, Minnesota in town. Kyle Gibson taking on Mike Fulton-Navich. A couple of righties doing battle there. Uh, and then we move on to Cincinnati. It's 7-10 start as uh, Andrew Kashner and the Miami Marlins in town taking on Homer Bailey and the Reds. Four games left on the slate. 8-05 start in Texas. Sean Maniah, the lefty and the A's in town taking on Hugh Darvish. And the Rangers move on to an 8-05 as well in Chi-Town. Johnny Lester taking on Jimmy Nelson and the Brewers. Another righty-lefty battle there. Uh, another righty-lefty battle as we uh, move out to 940 start in Arizona. John Neese back with the Mets taking on Zach Godley and the Diamondbacks. And then we round out the evening in L.A. Tyler Skaggs on the hill taking on Cody Martin and the Mariners. A lot of action here, Paul. Let's dive right in. Uh, let's start with that early slate, the 105er in New York. Yankees hosting the Blue Jays. Uh, Sabathia obviously had a nice little run earlier in the season, but seems to have kind of leveled out. But J.A. Happ, man, I mean, this guy's a, a potential Cy Young candidate, which is insane. How are you attacking this game? And uh, Happ coming in at uh, 9700 not the worst price for Happ. No, and you know what? I, I, I 
He's one of the guys that I'm on today, not because it's a homer pick. You already mentioned I'm from the Toronto area. It's just this apropos guy, that that's the first game, right, of course. And, and I love it that you serve it up right off the hop. But uh, Hap has been uh, pitching like an automatic pilot for the last year and a half. I don't know what happened when he went over to Pittsburgh, but he fell in love with the pitching coach over there and vice versa. And they straightened out some issues with him, much of which centered around how slow a worker he was. He was one of the slowest workers and starting pitchers ar around the major leagues uh, over his career. They sped things up and uh, since then he's been turning out quality start after quality start and he's backed by that great offense and then on the other side you got Sabathia I'm a little concerned about him today uh, I hope he went to bed before the eighth inning last night because he would have seen the Jays rack up a big uh, score in that frame to turn that game around and he's had a little trouble with the long ball serving up seven dingers in his last five starts not a good thing when the Toronto Lumber Company, company rolls into town so uh I think this is a good matchup for Toronto and, and a chance for them to, to eke out a series win when uh, through six innings last night. It didn't look so good. So uh, I'm happy that uh, happy that Hap's pitching today. Yeah, the bats came out to play afterwards. I was at 6 nothing, and then all of a sudden they're up 12-6. It's like that. That's uh, that's what that Toronto lineup could do. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. got to love the righty bats against Sabathia. Uh, E5 is expensive, but I think worth it. Uh, for me, the best value play on the board for this game is Tulowitzki at 3,000. Uh, obviously, against the lefty, righty-lefty matchup. And Tulo's been kind of hot. People haven't really been talking about it, but he's been hitting the ball really well lately. What, he's four for five with a homer last night. So um, uh, I really like Tulo as a value play at 3,000. All right, Paul, let's move on. One ten start in Tampa Bay. San Diego in town. Chris Archer and the Rays hosting Christian Friedrich. Archer, uh, obviously unbelievably talented, I believe still leads the American League in strikeouts, but um, has had some ups and downs, has looked better. Seems like a good matchup for him here. The price is, uh, let's get that price on him. So, you know, the price is pretty affordable at 9400 considering the upside. Is this another spot in that early slate where you might roll with a guy like Archer? I like your call on Archer. This guy, he's got the record that looks ugly as sin at 6-16, six and 16, but he's been pitching a lot better lately. And on the opposite side, what makes this thing even more attractive for me is Friedrich has pitched to a 560 ERA in his last five starts with a whip of 143. And there's a couple of uh, raised batters that I really like in this one. Logan Forsythe is an infielder who's wheeling a hot bat lately, 10 for 27 with four homers in the past week alone. And I'm a big Evan Longoria fan. People that have listened to my Friday pod uh, will uh, will have heard me go, get on him a lot. He's been raking like crazy, and he's on pace for a career high with uh, extra base hits this season. So uh, I like Archer. As you said, in the past month, he's looked like the pre-2016 version of himself with a whip under one and 47, a 47 to 7 strikeout to walk ratio. So uh, at that price, I think I think it, you can make a real easy case to get on in the way he's pitching right now. Totally agree. Archer, one of my favorite pitching plays on the day, especially when you look at, you know, the, the options at pitcher, you know, and, and not to slight a guy like John Lester. Uh, he's a very good pitcher. Milwaukee does hit lefties better than righties. We'll get to him. But with him at 10,800, you're, you're getting a guy like Archer for $1,400 less in a better matchup with a lot more strikeout potential or at least more strikeout potential. Um, and, and especially in a shot like you said against a bad pitcher with a good shot to win. I really, really, really like that Archer play. And, and like you said, I like those raised bats. The raised significantly better against left-handed pitching. Uh, you know, the guys like Steve Pierce, you mentioned Logan Forsythe has crushed left-handed pitching. Um, they, they just match up well in those spots. So I totally agree with you. Um, I'm off the San Diego bats in this spot. 
San Diego definitely better against lefty pitching than righty. So um, I think that's a really uh, strong take there. I'm all over the Rays completely both pitching and hitting this game. All right, 2-10 start in Houston. Carlos Martinez and the Cardinals in town taking on Doug Fister. Martinez uh, has had a really good season, but not quite as good of late. And, and Doug Fister has kind of been a surprise. This is one of those games where you, you want to get some bats in against Fister, but that might not necessarily be the smartest play. Well, you know what? I'm a I'm a financial services guy in my first career before sports, and and I'm a big believer in the numbers. They don't lie. Past performance to me does give an indication of future return. That's something of a of a claim that is on the bottom of every financial statement that you'll ever see. And uh, I look at Fister's situation, for instance. He has some bad history against cards hitters, and and uh, he's a guy who won't overpower batters usually. Too uh, James, he's he's been great in two of, only two of his last six starts. Very hittable in the other four, and that's been the book on him. He gives up a lot of hits, and uh, I'm almost going to make a play for a stack in this one, though. Uh, in in uh, guys like Molina, Peralta, Wong, and Moss, they've all enjoyed big success in this head-to-head matchup against the veteran uh, righty from Houston, for Houston, and uh, it should be a pretty pretty cheap stack looking on the board if uh, if I got my numbers straight. I'm not on the Martinez side of the matchup because he's profiled similar to. Fister in the past month, a very hittable guy. So I'm going to stay away from both pitchers in this particular draw. Yeah, I feel similarly, even though Fister, I mean, has been better than expected. You're right. In the last, he has had two bad starts in his last six. He had the five earned runs last outing and then six a few before, but sprinkled in between. Only gave up one earned the start before that, six shutout before that, seven shutout before that. And I'm with you. I'm not a Doug Fister fan at all. Uh, but I think he's been a little better this year than people realize. Um, the real way to attack him is go with those lefty bats. Uh, so, you know, I think Colton Wong, you mentioned, is a decent play. Carpenter, Brandon Moss. Carpenter at 3,800, nice play there. So, um, agreed. I-, I think that Fister's been better than expected, but there's still certainly ways to exploit him, especially from a team like the Cardinals. Uh, 3-10 start in Colorado uh, as uh, Steven Strasburg and the Nationals in town to take on John Gray. Uh, uh, my former partner, Benny uh, Ricciardi, Paul, was a uh, a big start everybody all the time, no matter what, in course kind of guy. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I generally mean that way too, but, um, you know, it's a good pitching matchup as far as it goes. Gray's been struggling lately. Uh, are you still stacking bats out there or are you potentially fading this game? I think I'm going to take a, a long look at it. I'm, I'm not all over this one, as you might suggest, because I'm a little wary of that, uh, the influence of the park in this game. On the face of it, though, you have to like Strasburg and company in this one. Apart from his overall record, Strasburg has dominated Colorado, Colorado hitters in uh, four prior appearances in, in his short career. However, I'm a bit nervous about the fact that the Nats star has hit a flat spot over his last five outings, going only two and three. Uh, you know, look, look at the overall record. It's like 15 and three, but... Two, the three losses have come in his last five starts, and that makes me a little bit edgy. And uh, along with that, he's pitched to a 5.28 ERA in that stretch. So we mentioned this game's in Colorado against the deep Rockies offense, and of course, the Coors Field band box figures in. So I'm, I'm going to st- take a long look at it and let other people spend up on Strasburg. I got other options to, on my mind today. Yeah, oh, man, though, no. like it's one of those things where in a tournament for 9,200. I would be really tempted to to take a shot on Strasburg. I mean, this is a guy who's at least, you know, $1,500 more every single time he goes out. And and I know that Coors is probably worth that sort of, uh, you know, drop in the valuation. But at the same time, 
he's such a good pitcher, and there's so much strikeout upside that I don't think I'd have the uh, the cojones to do it in a cash game, but I, I don't think it'd be the craziest move in a GPP or two to toss Strasburg in there and play on the upside of his talent because I, I, I agree with you. I don't think a lot of people are going to make that move today. And uh, from a bats perspective, uh, it, again, I think it's a really interesting point. It's a really tough game to analyze because I like both pitchers, but um, you know, I think Arenado at 4,100 is never a bad play. Uh, anytime he's not the highest priced player on the board and he's at home, it, it's, a, it's a solid play. So there are some values there, but I, I tend to lean with Paul on this one that, that this game makes me a little nervous. And I, I like the potential, but at the same time, I don't feel very good about any one particular player uh, making it a little harder to invest. 345 start in San Fran as we head out to the Bay Area. Matt Kane on the L. Matt Kane actually pitched okay in his last outing, which is shocking considering how bad he looked before. And then uh, Pittsburgh... Ivan Nova today. We got a couple of a couple of old timers almost here, Paul. Uh, it's weird to say that Ivan Nova and Matt Kane are old timers, but when you look at the slate of pitchers today, they're two of the the most veteran pitchers that we have on the board. Um, how are you analyzing this one? It seems like the type of game you want to get some bats in. Okay, before I'm going to get into those stats, I got to tell you, I was in San Fran not too long ago. I got to give a plug for the Great White North. I've been hearing it all my life. This, that, and the other. Great White North. Do you know when I was there a month ago? In the middle of summer, the temperature was 25 degrees cooler than it was in Toronto. What? I don't want to hear any. I don't want to hear anybody say anything about the Great White North ever again. It yeah. was 60s, 60s in San Fran, 85s here in Toronto. There it's you been go. A fabulous Take summer. that, San Francisco. Take it. There, there you go. But back to this game, <laughs> Ivan Nova. This guy has moved over to the National League after pitching within the Yankee organization for years. He's pitched very well enough most recently, recording four quality starts in his last five outings. On the flip side. Kane has had, had a bit of long ball issues in his last five outings, giving up seven dingers in his last 22 and a third innings pitch. That's uh, about one every three innings, uh, James. That's that's not good. No, <laughs> that, yeah, that means, you could say that. That means I consider a second stack <laughs> here. Uh, and one of the guys that I really like is Andrew McCutcheon. He's really playing below uh, his his uh, career norms. But I sense that he's on, on uh, the verge of a big breakout. I, I pair him with teammates Freeze, Polanco, and Marte in a bit of a stack there in Pittsburgh. In this game, I could see them running up a big score. That's a great offense, and this looks like a pretty good matchup for them. Yeah, totally agree. I especially, especially love Polanco at 3,600. He's obviously been much better against right-handed pitching. Kane has struggled against lefties, and... Uh, Polanco has looked good of late as well. But but look, you said all three of those outfielders, whether it's Polanco at 3,600 or both McCutcheon and Marte at 3,400, I think I like uh, Marte slightly better there, but it's close. Any of those guys are good plays. Yeah, uh, Paul's right here. This is a good matchup. I know Matt Cain looked better his last time out, but Matt Cain is bad at pitching. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, There was a time where he was good at it, but he, that time has since passed. Um, and I'm trying to scroll and find out where Matt Joyce is. He's usually in that 24 to 2800 range. If he is in there and if he's in the lineup against the righty, um, that's a really nice play as well because uh, he's hit well against right-handed pitching, and you can usually get him as a discount, uh, especially against a bad pitcher like Matt Cain. But I totally agree. I think this is a nice place to stack. All right, Paul, before we jump on to that main slate coming up here, we got a bunch of games. Let me remind everyone, as my phone goes off, which is always fun, um, let me remind everyone that fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. Football is back, which means that FanDuel is also back. 
And this year it's better than ever. It's not just a new season at FanDuel, it's a new era. They've upgraded your entire experience with real improvements for everyday fans. And they believe you deserve to experience everything sports has to offer, which makes you sports rich. Try the new FanDuel now, okay? So just pick your team, you stay under the salary cap, and have all the fun that fantasy has to offer. New to the game? Play in a beginner contest to learn the ropes. You're playing against other beginners. If you have a dollar, there are games for just a dollar. There's 50-50 contests where half the top half win cash, or you can settle a score with a friend in FanDuel's brand new friends mode, which I have done, and it's a blast. Me and my eight buddies play every single week in football season, and it's great for bragging rights. Uh, it's a season-long fantasy football league with weekly teams plus new features ensure a fair and level playing ground talk about your experience uh, you know I, i've had such a great time personally on fanduel about you know you can talk about the great times that you play i like i said me and my my seven buddies that we, we all went to high school together we're all best friends we have a text chain and every single week we, we put in money and we play against each other and it's a freaking blast because i get to beat them most weeks of the season and there's nothing more fun than that so so again like i said you can join these you have tournaments you can do cash leagues or you can even create your own leagues uh you again have all the fun that fantasy football has to offer uh, all the fun that football has to offer at fanduel where you can be sports rich again special offer for new users and this is a great offer you can get a free six month subscription to rotowire with a ten dollar deposit on fandle that's free six month subscription just go to fandle.com slash rw not only will you get the free subscription but you'll also have that ten dollars available to play with on fandle so you're basically getting the subscription to play fandle it's crazy it's such a good deal so that's over forty dollars in value for just ten bucks Again, go to FanDuel.com slash RW, and that's, of course, FanDuel.com. All right, Paul, let's jump into this evening slate as we get going here, the main slate, as it were. Uh, and uh, in Baltimore, we started out uh, just down the road from me as an interesting pitching matchup here with uh, David Price on the hill for the Red Sox, taking on the youngster Dylan Bundy, who uh, obviously was... Uh, at, at one point, a top two or three prospect in baseball, maybe even top for some uh, some uh, uh, publications, uh, and uh, uh, had some real rough injury issues. Tommy John wasn't able to play for a long time, and um, now is back and uh, has been dealing. Has looked pretty good for the most part, but a really tough matchup here. How are you kind of analyzing this one, Paul? Well, I'm an AL East guy. You know that this is a big matchup today on the board for me. Uh, will Will David Price look like he did late last season at this time when he spurred Toronto to that late, late season surge, or will he be the shadow of his former self that we've that we've seen getting lit up by the big, big boppers for so much of this season, James? I say the latter applies today. A red hot Adam Jones lies in wait. This guy's got four multi-hit games in the past week, and I, I think he's been undervalued on the. On FanDuel because he's had such a slow start, but he's coming around big time. And Price has struggled head to head in matchups against Machado and Trumbo, two big, big bats for the two more big bats for the Orioles. He's also been raked for 52 hits in his last 39 two third innings pitched. I lean heavily on Baltimore here because of those big bats owning the Sox lefty Bundy. On the other hand, who starts in place of of Tillman, uh, who's sidelined with a bit of shoulder discomfort, is three and zero of the one 145 ERA in his last three starts. And with 19 strikeouts in 18 and two-third innings pitched over that stretch, uh, Bundy is lower. Uh, should be lower priced than Tillman was at 8,100. I haven't seen an update yet is on the board. 7,500. 
so that's a that's a great value for me great. and i think I, yep. I would jump all over that uh, and i'm not too worried about the fact that bundy was just inserted uh on the year bundy's right around a strikeout per inning that's what you want to get a big game score uh, the red Sox will be swinging this guy will be dealing and i think uh i would i would lean on bundy in this one 100 agree look at this we're both pre- saying that people should start the starter against the red Sox. so you're not gonna hear that all the time but uh, I mean, if you just look at Bundy's uh, last, what was it? Let's say last five uh, Fandle scoring performances, 35, 51, 54, 32, 42. Uh, if you get any of those scores for 75, much less something higher, you're winning. You know, you're winning something. So um, that that I, I totally agree. Great value. I think at least from the two times in that stretch I've seen Bundy pitch, uh, it's not a fluke. He looks like the guy that everyone always expects him to be. Obviously, we don't know if that's going to hold up, but he is legit. The kid has some nasty stuff. So um, I think, you know, I don't think the matchup is that much of a worry, especially because outside of Mookie Betts, Boston has not been hitting that well lately comparatively. Um, but of course, uh, you know, Mookie Betts, uh, the fact that Mookie Betts is uh, uh, actually $200 cheaper than uh, Mike Trout. As much as I love Mike Trout, right now, I mean, I don't know how Mookie Betts with like, uh, you know, three over games and two over games coming out his butt. I don't know how you do not have him be the most offensive <laughs> player on the board. Um, but again, <clears throat> as we just ma- mentioned, I could see just fading Boston because of the, the tough matchup against Bundy. All right, let's move to my hometown as the Phillies. Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers in town. Scott Casimir taking on Jake Thompson, but... Uh, Last night, the story had nothing to do with the actual baseball game. Well, I guess the guy's performance, but it was all about Chase Utley's return to Philadelphia. And uh, Utley delivered two homers, including Grand Slam, the first time in the history of my life watching baseball that I have seen an opposing player make not one, but two curtain calls. Um, so that was fun. But <laughs> let's uh, let's look at the game itself. Uh, I think Utley could be a nice play again today. But how, how are you analyzing this Casimir versus Thompson matchup? The rookie looking to kind of correct his uh, first uh, first outing there. Well, let's begin with the veteran. I've seen uh, Ka- I've seen Casimir for a lot of years. Started out in the AAL East with Tampa. But uh, what I've seen most recently out of him is a high, high homer rate of late. And his walk rate is up, too. That's a bad combo, James, isn't it? I'm, a, I'm a more of a hockey guy than a baseball guy. <laughs> but the Phillies have a, a lot of young power from the right side, particularly. And that's, not a, uh, again, not a good fit in this homer haven for Casimir today. You have to consider infielder Cesar Hernandez, who I really like at 2800 bucks. He's been he's been on tear for much of the past month, so I don't really understand that pricing. I think it's one of the strongest value plays on the board. Michael Franco's slumbering bat. A power bat uh, of note it could spark up tonight and will cost you only 3100 bucks. That's two cheapies on the board in the Philly lineup. There's not much of a book on Thompson, though, on the other side, who's making only his third start for the Phillies. The Dodgers have been scoring like crazy, averaging five runs per game in their last eight outings. Uh, so on their side, you can almost take a look at a trio of guys, too, to take a long look at guys like Seager, Gonzalez, and Reddick. Reddick's a guy who I really like at 3400 He's yet to get untracked in his new digs, but... Uh, he's got a power bat of note, and it could light up tonight, too. Yeah, I agree. I like Cameron Rupp. Uh, he's been killing left-handed pitching as well. Uh, and I think he's close to like a 500 slugging percentage on the season, period. Just uh, He's been really good uh, from a, from an offensive perspective there. And uh, like you said, I like the Franco-Joseph. Uh, if, if you're going to play Phillies in Fanduel, play them against left-handed pitching. So uh, potential there. And Thompson, obviously. Um, better in his second start than in the first, but still not uh, not a big strikeout guy. So I don't think there's a ton of value from a FanDuel perspective. All right, 7-10 start in Cleveland. 
as we've got those White Sox and Anthony Renato taking on Carlos Carrasco. Renato, uh, you would think, especially the way the Indians have been hitting, is is someone to take advantage of here. And then on the flip side, Carrasco at 9,800 seems like a good value as well. Yeah, I like Carrasco over Renato in this one. Look at the ERAs, 8.7 in limited play for Renato. Carrasco, on the other hand, 3.21. I'm I'm liking the Cleveland bats in this one. Rajai Davis at the top of the order, good leadoff guy. But the guy that I like, the two guys that I like there for Cleveland are Kipnis and Lindor. Both of them hitting right around the 300 mark, and they're they're good value guys. They they they've been putting up good average totals in uh, in FanDuel play, and that's what you look for. I look for a form chart here, and those two guys are are guys that I'll lean on. There's a power bat of note down down the order in in Santana that I like too, and and of course at at the third base position, Ramirez has been on fire of late, hitting three three eleven on the season. So I'm on a few of the bats for the Indians, not so much on the White Sox side. I'll have to say in this one, James. Yeah, 100% agree. I'm all in on Carrasco. I think, but 9800 against a Funny, another one of Benny's themes was he just didn't get the White Sox offense. He, every single time we talk, he's like, I just don't like this offense. Every time, no matter what, um, I don't go that far. But um, I, I do think this is a nice matchup for Carrasco, especially when he's $1,000 cheaper than, than someone like Lester. I think it's a really, really nice value. And totally agree. I think the uh, Indians bats get all over Renato. All right, 7-10 start in Detroit as we stick with the AL Central. Jordano Ventura in town taking on Anibal Sanchez. Uh, it feels like a game for the bats here, Paul. Yeah, I, I look at the pitcher's profiles, and you're reading my mind. We don't we didn't uh, go get our heads together too much on the content here, but you look at the ERAs, 4.6 for Ventura and Sanchez at 6.31, and their recent samples scream, take the over here. So we <laughs> should do that a lot on into, on today's board, in fact, in some of these other games too. This is a good spot to buy lower than usual on, on Hosmer and Kane for the Royals, I think, if you have room to pay up on Tigers. Then on the favorable histories of J.D. Martinez at 3500 bucks, I like him today. Kinsler and Miggy also get a look if you can fit them in. If I have to pick a winner, I lean toward Ventura in this one, who's been the steady of the two over the past month, and he'll cost you 8200 bucks today. Yeah, I I would too. I mean, oh God, I was I I mean I could see putting Annabelle Sanchez in a, in like one one dollar you know big money tournament line just to take a shot because he's going to be like 03 <laughs> percent owned, but. Um, the thing about Sanchez is he strikes a lot of people out, so there is some potential there at 6,300, but I'm with you, man. I, I'm getting the bats, and I, I just wish I liked Kansas City's offense more because I would like to get more bats in against Sanchez, but as it stands, I, I think you can pretty much go with bats on either side of this game and, and feel pretty confident about getting a return. 7-10 start in Atlanta is a... Uh, uh, we have two of the worst teams in baseball taking uh, action here is Kyle Gibson taking <laughs> on Mike Fulton, but she's actually pitched pretty well. But I, I think the real story of this game is Dansby, Dansby Swanson getting the call up. I haven't even checked. I'm not even sure if Swanson's available on FanDuel. He might not uh, be, but, but we can even just talk about it moving forward. Uh, how do you look at this game, first of all, and then a quick take on, on what you expect from Swanson in uh, first major league action? It does not look like he is available today on FanDuel, but expect him to be uh, available moving forward. Well, first thing about Swanson is if he's uh, anything like ab about 20 different young guys who have made their debut in the last year and a half, I expect big things. It seems like every time there's a big name, top prospect who's on the verge of a major league debut, all he does is go out and, and uh, go on a tear for the first two weeks of, of, of the fledgling career. So I'm looking for him to follow suit. Uh, all the press clippings indicate that he's the real deal. So I'm anxious to get a look at him. But 
that might be the only reason that I would flip on this game. This looks like a bad AAA matchup when, when I look at some of the numbers and the quality of these teams. They're, they're the worst teams in each each uh, league by far and on there. Yeah, I mean. easily, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, look at Gibson's whip of 161 in the last six starts. Fultonwich with a 154 in his last five. This this is going to be a scorekeeper's nightmare. And you know, I'm glad I'm not assigned to it. That's all I can say. Oh goodness, I am with you. This <laughs> this is where you're happy that uh, that they do a lot of that stuff technologi technologically now, because no one should have to to actually write in the, the you know the little the one B and the, the HR oh. and fill it out and do the whole. Thing. I mean, it just it's too much work. I'm with you. This isn't. Ugly, ugly game. I think, look, the only saving grace for these two pitchers might be that they're going up against two bad offenses because everything is bad about this game. So <laughs> um, with you, I think there are a few values in there, but uh, it's one of those games where it could be 2 nothing, or it could be 14-13. to 13. You know, it's just these teams are so bad and there's no consistency either in the pitching, fielding, hitting, whatever, um, that, that it's just those types of games that at least for DFS – Always make me a little nervous. All right, uh, seven ten start. So we've got five left on the slate here in Cincinnati. As uh, New Marlin Andrew Kashner on there taking on Homer Bailey, who's back and um, you know hasn't looked that great, Paul. Let's be honest. Uh, uh, again, this seems like another one where I don't love the offenses that much, but seem to like the bats more than the pitchers. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about one uh, who's more noted for his feet than his bats over the past month. Uh, speeds are like Billy Hamilton swiping a bag a game over the past month, James. Is that good? That's crazy. <laughs> uh, that's, that's crazy. He's getting on base and, and at almost a 40% clip. Yeah, that's wild. And I got to buy him at 3600 bucks today. Though he sat, uh, cautionary note, though he sat yesterday with a minor hand and knee issue. Uh, all indications are that he, he's good to go today, though. So I'm, I'm happy to get him back in there. And in fact, with Kashner in the middle of a terrible season, looking like a boxer speed bag in his last two starts. Hamilton is a must play for me, and you ought to pay up also for a guy like Joey Votto. Yes, who's been one, that is one, my must play. The guy's hitting over 400 in the past month, and he's still only priced, I say only, at 4100 bucks. On the flip side, the Marlins haven't signed A-Rod yet. Are, are those rumors a joke? James, I'm a little... <laughs> Isn't that <yeah>. unbelievable, too? <laughs> it's like... It, it, it almost is surreal when you're and, and they make sense. I get the rumors. Look, the dude is like, a you know, from Miami, went to school in Miami. Barry Bonds is there. There's so many things that that have it make so much sense. And at the same time, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. <laughs> so um, but yeah, as far as your analysis for the game goes, I literally couldn't agree more. I think Joey Votto and like you said, you know, underpriced at forty one hundred. Yes, he is underpriced at 4100 in this matchup. There are three third first basemen uh, who are priced higher than him. I'm sorry. I love you, Paul Goldschmidt. I love you, Anthony Rizzo. I love you, David Ortiz. Joey Votto should be the highest-priced first baseman on the board today. With this matchup, Kashner stinks against lefties. Votto, like you said, I mean, Votto, since the All-Star break, might be the best hitter in baseball. He's certainly one of the best hitters in baseball. And uh, in a matchup like this, at home in Cincinnati, uh, I think he is an absolute must-play today. Totally, totally agree. All right, let's move on to the 8 and beyond as we have four games left on the slate here. 8.05-er in Texas. Sean Manaya, the lefty for Oakland in town to take on you, Darvish. Of course, uh, Darvish is stud. We'll see uh, how many innings he can go is the real issue. And Manaya has been one of those guys who's been hit around but also shown some flashes. Uh, are you in on you at, at 10,200? And uh, are you in on those Rangers bats against Manaya? Absolutely, 100% on both. Make a big <laughs> yes advantage, yes. Texas. 
They're, they're ace and a deep offense over a pitcher who's serving up a hit per inning and a high homer rate in his last five starts. That deep offense waits Manaya, awaits Manaya tonight with uh, their lick and their chops. And uh, particularly among among the Rangers bats, I, I love Jonathan Lucroy, who's been hitting a ton of homers since he's come over to the Rangers. Just what they needed, James, down there. Another power bat. And yeah, he cost right? 3400 bucks today. I think that's a steal. I mean, normally I don't like to pay up for catchers, but I can't resist this matchup. And uh, I'm all over Lucroy and the Rangers in this one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you couldn't be. Ian Desmond at 4000 you know, another guy who it's expensive, but really not that expensive when you consider how much he has pounded left-handed pitching and how good he's been, um, especially in Texas. So, I, you know, guy like that, you know, pretty much any righty bat in the lineup, I'm playing for Texas. Lucroy is a great call. Uh, you know, I'm pro far, uh, I, right, switch hitter, obviously. Uh, you know, I'd even get Andrews in there. Andrews, one of those guys who is – um, not ever super sexy, but um, is it what's he at? He's at twenty nine hundred days, actually having a, a much better season than than the last few, and has just crushed left handed pitching. Not for power necessarily, but for hits. Um, so I, I like Andrews there. I, I'm totally with you. I think those right handed Texas bats are a win for today. And and Darvish, I think he just eats up this open lineup. So really, really like that call, especially the strikeout upside for Darvish. Eight oh five er as well in Chi Town. As I've mentioned the matchup a few times, uh, Jimmy Nelson on the hill for the Brewers against Johnny Lester for the Cubs. As uh, uh, Again, I, I like John Lester. It's a decent matchup, but I am shocked that he is the highest-priced pitcher at 10800 over some of the other guys we mentioned today. How do you feel about that, and how do you feel about this game in general, Paul? Well, I, th I think the fact that he's on top of the board speaks to the the – the divergence that I see in this game, I give the Cubbies a huge edge. Look at the record for Nelson on the year, 6-12, and 4.07 ERA. Lester is one of the guys who's bucked the trend in Boston. i got to go back to the Red Sox for a minute and say, you know, they picked up Pomerantz, they picked up Price. Lefties go to Boston to die. That's what I've been saying all year long. Lester's the only, Lester's the only exception, and that's why I think he gets the nod today as, as the top pitcher on the board. He's just been uh, a, a stud, a steady guy. He, he could even reward you big time here if you pay up i think he's backed by a superb offense the best team in baseball uh, you can also make a case if you can fit these guys in rizzo fowler and solar have all taken nelson deep as part of their favorable head-to-head -head splits i also look at that when i when i make my calls and, and uh, so this just looks screams like a big uh, lopsided win for the cubbies but i'll also give you a good value play in there at ben zobris he's he's been uh, struggling a bit of late but he's still a tough out james and he's only 3300 bucks in the middle of that that offense i, I would take a flyer on him today at that price yeah i couldn't believe that 3300 the guy's batting cleanup for the cubs against the uh, <laughs> as you mentioned a 6 and 12 pitcher hasn't been that good uh, yeah i'm with you 100 i love that play uh, i think you want to get any lefty bat you can in against nelson uh both this year and historically has really really struggled against lefties not nearly as bullish on righties in the lineup against him but but certainly any of the as you mentioned the fowlers uh, you know, Rizzo, uh, Zobris, Fowler and Zobris, both switch hitters. Um, those are the guys I really, really like today. And for Lester, agree. I, I wasn't trying to demean Lester's value today, more so the fact that I just don't think that he should be that much more expensive than a guy like Archer or a guy like you or a guy like Carrasco that we talked about. But certainly you have to expect Lester to go out and pitch well. And uh, But but having said that, I do think on the other side you could fade it a little bit the other way. The, the key Ryan Braun day today, if Braun's out of the lineup, I really like Lester. 
But Braun in the lineup, he's crushed lefties. You know, that, that's the thing with Milwaukee you just have to be a little nervous about is they do hit lefties well with Carter and Braun and a lot of those right-handed sticks in that lineup. So just something to keep an eye on. But uh, I, I do agree in, in principle with, with the majority of what you said there. All right, 940 start in Arizona as we ran out the last two games. The Mets in town, Johnny Nice taking on Zach Godley. Uh, the righty for the Diamond Max. This uh, in Arizona. I, I just feel like you got to start some bats in this one, man. I mean, Paul. Yeah, I, me. I called I, you Benny. It's the first time this show I called you Benny. It only dollar took in the, uh, thirty-five dollar minutes. Dollar in the here. jar. Dollar in the jar. Yeah, there we go. Uh, a couple of starters with high ERAs again locking up in this one, and uh, I like the hitters on both sides, but particularly on the Arizona side. Of course, you're going to pay up for guys like Goldie. Link him up though with some combination of Castillo, Segura, and Tomas in a third possible stack. For me on today's board, Nice may be ripe for the picking in his first appearance since July 10. I'm a little nervous about that, coming back against all these these uh, quality sticks. Godley was stretched out on the other side and had a nice outing against Boston his last time out. Uh, uh, for the Mets, I see uh, Jose Reyes has been on a tear of late. He's only going to cost 2800 on today's board. He's got several multi-hit games in his last 12 starts. I know what this guy's capable of, and uh, that's a pretty cheap price for, for the Yankees, uh, the Mets shortstop. Yeah, no, that's a good value for him. Ray is one of those guys you just kind of forget about because of all the issues and then kind of slinked back in and hasn't really made too much of a impact, but has been solid. I think that's a good call there. And I did mention before, uh, I think it's fair to put Paul Goldschmidt on the same line, I guess, as Votto uh, for this matchup because this is a really good matchup for Goldschmidt against Nice. Uh, I also love Wellington Castillo at 3,000, crushes left-handed pitching. It's great at home and, and is, is a, a little bit hot right now as well. So um, I, I think that's a nice play. All right, let's round out the slate, uh, Paul, as we get this 10.05 start in Los Angeles. Tyler Skaggs, the lefty on the open, the Angels, has pitched um, pitched well his first two starts, rough his last two. Uh, taking on Cody Martin for Seattle, uh, uh, who we don't know a ton about. What, what do you kind of think about this matchup? Is this another one that sneaks some bats in despite the fact that neither offense is, is that exciting? Well, you got to look at it, particularly with the fact that these neither of these pitchers has pitched a ton this year. Combined, they've pitched 32 innings this season. So with that limited exposure, I say get on the hitters in this one. That means big bats like Trout, Pujols, and the Angels' table setters might look good in this one. Escobar and Calhoun at the top of the order. For the flip side, go to the heart of the, the Mariners' order and get on Cano, Cruz, and Seager for, for uh, Seattle bats in this matchup. Yeah, I think Cruz, look, anytime you have Nelson Cruz against a left-handed pitcher, he's a must-play, and at only 3,700, he is a must-must-must-play. Um, I own Skaggs in two season longs, and uh, if I could sit him against Nelson Cruz only, I would do that. That's how confident I am in Nelson Cruz tonight. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I agree, I think that's a, a good breakdown. Paul, what a, what a fun, we, we nailed that. We killed those first few games. That was a good start. I'm excited. Well, so am I. I had a lot of fun today, James, uh, and and a, a great contrast between our styles. I think that that uh, you make this thing a lot of fun, and, and I'm happy to jump on board with you. Well, I'm happy to have you. It's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to continuing to do this each week. And guess what? We get to do it again tomorrow, which is awesome. So, uh, again, this has been the August 17th edition of the Rotowire MLB podcast for Paul Bruno. Again, follow Paul on Twitter at Statsman22. I'm on Twitter at James Seltzer. Uh, and again, we get to do this tomorrow, which I'm really excited about. Paul and I will come your way again. Same time, same place tomorrow. So until then, good luck, go out, win some money.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.